Do you feel beautiful? Do you look beautiful? Does one really affect the other? Welcome to Beauty Inside and Out with host Bonnie Bonadeo. In our show, we'll help you uncover your true self and unleash beauty that you never knew existed in order to be at your best, both inside and out. Now, here is your host, Bonnie Bonadeo. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Beauty Inside and Out. We are still in our pre-summer series, and we are in the final episode of our six-week masterclass, Prepping for Summer. Um, I know... I have been prepping for summer. I'm sure all of you have too. And uh, I, I had some good um, shows the last couple of weeks. I'm going to just rehash those a little bit here. We talked about um, a self-tanning product versus going into those beds and uh, getting that nasty tan and potentially cancer from that. So it was an organic uh, called Bronzed Berry. And um, I know there was a lot of good response from that show. Then we talked about giving our nails a break for the summertime and not putting those gels on or those scores and looking at a more natural process. And we talked with Dazzle Dry um, to be able to still have the longevity we're looking for, still have all those fun summer colors, but also be able to not have those chemically enhanced attachments connecting to us. Now, we kind of rolled into uh, our next uh, series on that. This was series three, and we talked about the HD liposculpture. So I, I know, I know. It's one of those things where it's like we just fight sometimes that body weight or those particular areas that just won't go back into shape no matter how hard we try. And so this is a less, much less invasive liposuction technique that um, uh, that our friends over at NVIDIA uh, MedSpa shared with us. And they offered a really great price. So be sure to listen to that show as well. Then, of course, we talked with Allie Webb from Dry Bar. And it was about, you know what, let somebody else do your hair for this summer. You want those beachy summer waves it's perfect to be able to have the dry bar take care of your hair for the summer but I'm really very excited about the conversation I'm going to be having today because it's not just about beauty on the outside and being able to say you know what I do look good in my bikini this year it also comes from a place beauty on the inside and I'm referencing our brain here as to why maybe we have the weight that we have or the inability to be able to lose the weight that we want to. So my guest, Felicia Stoller, is a registered nurse, uh, a registered dietitian, nutritionist, sorry about that, an exercise physiologist and the author of Living Skinny and Fat Genes. And Felicia, I am so excited to talk with you today. I can't wait to hear this conversation. <laughs> Well, I'm happy to be here. And it's funny, you're just talking about Aliweb whenever I'm somewhere where there's a dry part. I always have them blow my hair out. Yeah, good. <laughs> That's really great to know. They thanks do for such sh- a great job. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. You know, in, in this pre-summer series that we're doing, it was like I was really looking for the most natural ways for us to just be ourselves for the summertime and not have to feel so put together. I missed one of my guests that's actually um, on there as well, and she's a three-time Emmy Award uh, Emmy winning award-winning makeup artist. Um, and she really talked about, you know, cleansing the skin really good for the summertime and doing a lot of exfoliation and keeping the makeup light. We don't need all right. this makeup on in the summertime. So I love all the conversations that we've been having in this pre-summer series. Um, but I honestly, I saved you for last here because uh, there's such an interesting concept and dialogue to what you're going to be sharing with us. And, you know, I know that, you know, living skinny and fat genes and genes is, you know, spelt with like our, our DNA genes. Um, And so I, I can't wait to hear about the book and obviously more, but there's this psychological thing that you're going to be sharing with us in regards to our weight and what our brain weight is. So I love that you call it kind of this mind over matter and you're going to be sharing some tips with us. But, you know, before we get into all of that good juicy content here, um, I wanted to just find out, have you share with our guests a little bit about yourself and, you know, how you started out in this, you know, this track of being a nutritionalist and and the discoveries that you came up against in regards to maybe your, your own body and your own mind. 
Well, I will tell you that this is a profession of love, <laughs> that this is my third career, so clearly I wanted to do this. Um, I ended up going to somebody with very similar credentials to myself, and she changed my life. I was getting bad advice from the trainer at the gym when I was living in New York in my 20s, and I wasn't meeting my weight goals. And, like, things change. Your body changes. Your uh, time changes meaning like your availability to work out, you know, when you're a college student versus, you know, your first job after college and working crazy hours in Wall Street, you know, my life shifted, you know, and, and, and things shifted. And I just couldn't take for granted that I had the metabolism of a 16-year-old, you know, teenager anymore. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. you know, and then, you know, being exposed at that time, there was no internet. So, being exposed to things in magazines and newspapers and, you know, what you maybe would see on TV or on the radio is really what, um, you know, was, was really where I got a lot of my information from. And I went to this dietitian exercise physiologist and she changed my life and I sent her so many patients. And so I figured at one point I was, when I was working at ABC News, I went from working on Wall Street as a paralegal for big Wall Street law firm to working at ABC News in New York doing licensing for the network news division, which I loved. Um, I thought about getting a master's in journalism, and somebody said, why don't you go back to school for something you're passionate about and see if you mm. can't work it back into media? And that's exactly what I did. And I worked full-time during the day. I went to school full-time at night. I did not cheat myself on getting a proper education and training. And, you know, I did that as long as I could. And then I quit my job, and I had a do a dietetic internship for a year, and later on, I went on for a doctorate after that. I just thought I'd be done after the master's, but it's it's been great, and I love it, and I love helping people, and at the ed- end of the day, I educate people, so whether it be individuals, one-on-one, or groups, in uh, group settings, or I teach, you know, I've, I've been teaching over the years at various colleges, universities in my area. I just love, like, I get so excited talking about the topic that I just want to instill that enthusiasm and excitement in everybody else as well. Uh, well, that's well, that's a fabulous story. First of all, that this is your third career, and I love that you've connected with it because it's you're really passionate about it. And yet, I and I think this is really possible for a lot of people to be able to take what you were an expert in previously and figure out how to apply it to a new career choice. You know, my executive right. producer, he's uh, Robert. He's he's a fantastic guy, and he he sat down with me one time because I have multiple businesses as well, and they all kind of fall under the umbrella of beauty, but they don't have to you know the conversations can go well outside of beauty it just seems to be that kind of that track that I that I made the most connections in and of course that's how I started out was in the beauty industry at a you know outside of uh, out of uh, uh, high school and college but he says you got to box your paints you know like really utilize what those expertise are from you know from from one arena into the next arena and it sounds like you've done a fantastic job of being able to do that and really you know gain as much momentum as possible but also your love for sharing it too so um so when you were talking about teaching some of this stuff do you do your own events um is there or is it mainly at colleges? Well, like I'm keynoting, for example, at the Today's okay. Dietitian Conference in New Orleans in a few weeks. So I'm doing that. I used to, I've taught at community colleges and state colleges. I've been, I've been, I was teaching exercise physiology at Rutgers for four years. I'm finishing up a special project right now and, and I'm doing some, I'm pitching some TV shows right now. So I've just had a lot of stuff out there. Yeah, I love that. So, you know, we do, we reach this particular age um, and things start to move around. I hit that big um, age. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, and it's like, and I really feel like I probably do have a, a fairly decent metabolism, and I really attribute that not only to my genes, my family genes, but I was, in, you know, a, a very active um, child, a competing gymnast. And so, it, you know, for me, it's kind of like I trained my muscles, um, in a particular way, but I, I want you to help me define when you said, you know, that you're an exercise physiologist. What exactly is that? Well, an exercise physiologist is somebody, it's more than a, per, it's like a personal trainer with a degree. That's <laughs> that, you know, basically having, um, the proper training to understand the anatomy and physiology of the body, to understand how exercise and movement impacts the body on a like neuro from the neurochemical level, you know, on like starting in the brain all the way through your um, 
you know, through your muscles, through your, you know, your entire circulatory pulmonary system, your cardiovascular system, just really understanding how movement affects the body, best ways to recommend exercise, how to deal with special populations and physical activity. And so it's, it's a fun field to be in because, you know, I knew, like I said, I started off saying that I was getting bad advice from the trainer at the gym. I didn't want to be in a position where I would be counseling somebody and they would say, well, but my trainer told me X, you know, and I was telling mm. them why. So I wanted to be able to say, hey, I understand that. And actually, early on in my career, I used to work for uh, uh, New York Sports Club, which I think they have town, I forget what the, the parent company was, but I helped them create an in-house personal training program, and then I was teaching trainers how to be trainers. And so, you know, it makes a big difference when you know how to do it correctly. And, right, and, right. And, you know, and there's certain applications for it, like in cardiac rehab, for example, understanding how exercise affects somebody with diabetes, you know, if they're taking insulin or if they're, um, if they're taking insulin or if they're on uh, medications for type 2 diabetes. It's really understanding, um, you know, h- how exercise impacts that, you know. I've, I've had all kinds of people come in with interesting ailments. And so, you know, I look at both the physical activity and the food and sleep and stress, and we try to work towards helping people get to their health goals of where they need to be. I love that because you're really looking at that from the inside out as well. And, right. and I, you know, I, I can tell you I have the same frustrations um, with personal trainers, you know, like sometimes I just need that you know, that, that dedication, that appointment that says you're going to show up and you're going to work with somebody and you're going to meet some of the goals that you want to be able to have, um, you know, with your fitness and your body and everything. But I got to tell you, I'm just usually incredibly disappointed in the fact that they, they have a, a kind of a menu of options and they haven't really taken into consideration, am I capable of that menu? Right. And and I tell them, I'm like, you know what? I haven't really physically worked out a lot of my, I hike, hike a mountain every day. Um, I walk a lot. I'll do yoga when I can get to a class. Um, but, you know, to like go in with a personal trainer where they kind of really put you through that other, that other approach, those other muscles, those other body, you know, um, movements type of thing. I always tell them, please don't work me so hard that I hate you tomorrow. Because right. if, you, if you do that, I won't come back. Really, honestly, make it, make it feel good enough for me that I want to come back. And inevitably, well, that's it's what like we I, used to say. I used to say to the trainers all the time, if you hurt somebody, they will not come back. It's true. <laughs> and they will not be your there, There's the psychological part of it right there. And then, of course, they didn't listen to me. And if they didn't listen, then I feel like, do they have my best interest at heart in order for me to be my most healthy? And you know, am I putting myself at risk? Am I am I going to injure myself and then really regret? Which you know, I I, I won't say their name, CrossFit, but uh, it was that same thing. Like they pushed me. You know, I went in with a friend for a free trial, and I hurt myself with what they were pushing me to do. And I knew better. I knew better. Right. So yeah. So okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense to me. So you know, you're you're a very well educated educated exercise physiologist, and I like that because I think that we need more of this, especially since we're considered such a obese society here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I always kid around. I say, well, that means I will be guaranteed employment for a very long time. I I know. Make fun of it, but you know, there is a lot to be said for that. Well, there is a lot to be said. And it's interesting, you know, I, I have a partnered business where we teach, you know, breakthrough uh, opportunities. And sometimes it's based on speaking and leadership and things like that. I mean, it falls under a business category. You're probably familiar with a lot of this with your background. Um, but it's always interesting to me because there's that one part, you know, I call it the gap. We know what we need to do. We, we inevitably know, our neocortex knows exactly what we need to do. But we still don't do it, even though right. we know it's the right thing to do. Right. And so where's that big where's that big gap that's happening? And and what you're saying is that this big gap might possibly be in our brain and in our genes. And your book Living Skinny and Fat Genes is really yeah. talks about that that weight fluctuation and right why we might be challenged with it and stuff like that. So give us a little tidbit. We're going to be taking a break here in a couple of minutes, but I want to hear a little tidbit for all my listeners right now to be able to kind of entice them because we're going to get right to the uh, high-quality meat and potatoes, if that's the right right thing to say. Well, I mean, really, it's just about not blaming your genes for why you think you are – 
you know, maybe like not where you want to be from a health perspective, that there's a lot that we can actually take control of um, on our own. You know, there's a lot to be said for the choices that we make and our mm-hmm. health outcomes. So I don't want people to think like, oh, well, there's nothing I can do about it. I got, I got fat parents. There's nothing I can do about it except to like suck it up and deal with it because that, that's not the case. No, no, because for some reason they got that. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. And, right. you know, and, and I, I like that uh, in your bio, there was the this TLC groundbreaking series that you did, Honey, We're Killing the Kids. Uh, I'm telling you, as a mother, I do feel guilty about some of the choices that I put in front of my son. Now, he's 18, and he's making some of his own decisions, but... Well, I mean, I come, I come from a family of fat people, so <laughs> I've certainly done my fair share of being able to counteract what um, might be in my genetic predisposition. Mm, interesting. And so at this point, you have a healthy weight and a healthy lifestyle, I'm sure. Right? I've always been, in, I mean, really, I think there were maybe two years in my 20s where I was overweight. And even after I had children, I, I, I my first pregnancy, I only gained 25 pounds. I gained 35 pounds with my second pregnancy. And within a year of both pregnancies, I uh, lost all my weight and I was back to my pre-pregnancy weight. And, you know, it's, I'm not one of these women that made that excuse like, oh, well, for every pregnancy, I'm going to keep an extra five to 10 pounds on me. Nope. None of that. Mm, interesting. I put on 50 pounds with my son. Wow. Yeah, there was a lot. It was a lot. And I was on bed rest for a good portion of it. Um, and, you know, and I kept thinking, I, you know, I got to be careful what I'm eating. But then I wasn't, you know, interested in starving myself either as I was, you know, trying to keep him healthy. Um, but, yeah, it was 50 pounds. And I, I just remember the doctor saying, all right, we need to be a little concerned about this. Stop eating whatever it is that you're eating that you are craving. And I'm like, oh, that'd be cinnamon rolls. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. I oh, my God. I know. But, I it, so but again, pre- I, had so I did lose pregnancy the, cravings. <laughs> yeah, I did lose the baby weight afterwards. And I felt like I was healthier than I ever had been after having my son. Um, and. You know, and although my body changed, it was, I liked it better. I was, I was less worried about it in, in different sense. So, but we are going to take a break right now. So for my listeners, I'm going to ask you this. Are your genes telling you you are fat or you are skinny? So stay with us because Felicia Stoller is going to tell us, uh, share with us some of the facts on fat genes, the mind over matter, and all we need to know about why we might be thinking we're overweight from what our brain is telling us to what our body is saying to us. So we'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you looking to uncover your authentic self? Looking to improve your communication, selling, or public speaking skills? Discover Naked Audience Productions trainings on public speaking, leadership, sales, and healing. Mastering the art of authentic communications can change your life in many ways. From promotions to profits to enhancing any relationship, whether it's business or personal, finding and speaking your naked truth is a beautiful thing. Visit www.napevents.com or call 877-319-2403. That's napevents.com or 877-319-2403. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Beauty Inside and Out with Bonnie Bonadeo. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. That's bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. Now back to beauty inside and out. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Okay, so my guest is Felicia Stoller, and she is a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and an exercise physiologist. She's also the author of Living Skinny and Fat Genes. And we've been talking about how the brain is saying you might be one way, even though your body is telling you another. And, of course, I want to hear more on this, Felicia. Like, how does this because it sounds like a contradiction going on here. So how does this contradiction happening? And what are the real facts on fat genes? Okay, so the facts on fat genes are uh, we really can't blame them or give, use them as an excuse for why people are overweight. And, and in a nutshell, um, the research behind it or the data behind it to, to disprove that is that 
biological twins that were identical twins, separated at birth, raised by different families, were, um, you know, they went and they, they, I mean, twins are great for research for stuff like this, especially the ones that have been separated at birth. So what they do is they, they've gone back years later and they've looked at them and they've looked at um, whose body weight do they resemble? Do they resemble each other or do they resemble the families that they lived with? And they found that mm-hmm. uh, that they start to resemble not facial features, you know, not that way, um, but from a body weight standpoint or a BMI-ish kind of standpoint, they start to resemble the families that they were raised with. So somebody who was raised by a family of overweight or obese parents was more likely to be heavier than somebody who was raised by a more, you know, appropriate or normal weight uh, family. So that's how we know. I mean, these are people that have almost identical genes, right, raised in, in different sets of circumstances. So, um, wow. so you know, that's a little bit of what we know. And, and then, you know, I, I know I said before I was raised, I'm, I, I am from a family of overweight people. And, you know, I used to sort of blame my genes. But the truth is I look at the way my family members eat and they eat like fat people eat. You know, like they just overeat. And they overeat and they overeat and they don't do any physical activity. And, you know, 100 years ago, overweight and obesity was not a problem um, in this world. And now it is. And it's because, you know, we have excess food. We have food available all the time, especially in the U.S. Food is very inexpensive. And, you know, what it really comes down to is what are the choices? What foods do you choose to put in your body? I mean, so this is where the mind over matter comes in. You know, what you, what, what do you choose to eat? You know, do you want to eat more plant-based nutrition? Do you want to eat fruits and vegetables? Or do you want to, you know, eat your green beans fried, you know, and have all your potatoes always fried, you know, um, and getting vegetables fried. I think, I think French fries are the number one uh, vegetable. <laughs> oh my gosh. And that, yeah, that certainly doesn't really, I'm not even sure that we should be qualifying it as a vegetable anymore, but it is the, right. the temptation's always there for me too on the French fries. Right. That's right, for sure. Right. Yeah. You know, and so, so I love so, that. That's interesting information for sure that, you know, if you were raised in a different family, you modeled that more than you modeled maybe what your genetics are. So, okay. So first and foremost, stop blaming your genetics. Stop blaming um, your genetics, right? Yeah. Make choices. Our brain, you know, what, what sets us apart from animals is that, like, we can choose to do things, right? We like, can we choose. can go to a grocery store and we can choose healthier options. We can go to a restaurant and choose healthier options, whereas animals just eat whatever around and available, right? So we and have freedom. And of it's choice. not like they're starving to death or they're dying off and by the drones, you know, they're That's surviving. Right. That's right. So we. Yeah. Now, the only reason why animals are fat is because we make them fat. Right, and those would be pets. <laughs> yes, right. Those would be our pets. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So, let's talk about then some of the things that we can do. I mean, like right now, you know, I started kind of eating more paleo because you know I do need meats in my diet. I I'm not somebody. I love vegetables, but I'm not somebody that can just be a vegan or vegetarian type of person. Like I need a little bit more substance. Um, but I've really tried to cut out, you know, the carbohydrates, uh, uh, you know, the processed foods, sugars. I noticed the first couple of days it was, you know, craving it. But then after a few days, I didn't crave the sugar as much. And, you know, on Sunday, I, I ate a little worse than I have in the last couple of weeks and stuff like that. Now, I'm not losing weight on the scale, but I can tell already that my clothes fit differently. Um, well, are you exercising? And, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm definitely hiking the mountain and being more, you know, mobile. Um, right. I need to be more mobile, though, because I usually always do that and eat right. bad. So now I'm right. eating good and doing the same exercise. So you're telling me I need to up my game? Well, no, no, no. no. I was just asking <laughs> you. No, you were, you were saying that you weren't losing weight on the scale, that the numbers weren't changing. You know, I find sometimes people use the number as the only parameter to gauge their success. And, like, I had, a, I had a young girl in my office um, a week or two ago, and she said to me that, um, you know, she was concerned that the numbers weren't going down quite as much, but she went down two clothing sizes. And I said, well, that's because your muscles are getting bigger. And muscles weigh more than fat. I mean, a pound is a pound is a pound. Let's start with that. But as muscle right. displaces fat, um, which we want it to do, it mm-hmm. weighs more. So, um, but it, it takes up less space and it, you know, so we're round, everything on our body is round. So the circumference of our limbs, our waist, you know, gets smaller, the more tone and fit we become. So that's Mm -hmm. where, you know, we're looking for different sorts of ways to measure change. 
Mm-hmm, good. So what are some of the things then that we can do to be more healthy and, you know, to to stop believing that just because I've had a kid, just because I'm at the age I'm at, just because I'm in, you know, menopause, that I can't do anything about this excess weight? Right. Right. Well, so, you know, again, like I know you were mentioning that you're doing paleo. I really do want to encourage people to eat more plant-based nutrition because I've been doing so many food journals like over the last 20 years that I've been in this field. And I do notice that most people don't eat enough vegetables, enough fruits and vegetables and whole grains. And so like, if you can tolerate them and they're not an issue for you, I I think you should be having more of that. Drink water. That's important. You know, get in a good amount of physical activity and make sure you're getting adequate sleep. You know, sleep is the time when your body recharges, repairs, renews. It's like we all plug in our phones and our devices overnight to charge. That's when our body has the opportunity to charge. And I think that's really key. Um, I've learned a lot more over the years about stress and meditation and how important that is, that stress and the hormones related to stress create a lot of problems and distress for people. So, you know, a lot of people use food as a drug. I mean, we can, we can talk about that, too, that people use food when they're sad. They use it to stay up to study. Students use it to stay up to study. Um, you go to a movie theater. You sit there, you know, in a movie theater with a, the largest bucket of popcorn, and the movie's going on for two hours, and, you know, that popcorn will be gone after two hours. So, you know. That's true. Yeah. I recommend, you know, I recommend choosing smaller portions when you can, sharing things when you can. If you know you're going to be in a situation, it could be a movie theater, it could be going to a restaurant where you know they've got like great bread on the table and you just cannot help yourself because you're just going to devour it. Um, consider taking something like a, a product that I'm a huge fan of, which is called Phase 2. It's a carb blocker. And, um, and what it does is it inhibits it's white kidney bean extract when taken about 20 minutes before meal. It helps to inhibit the absorption of up to 65% of the starchy carbohydrate in that meal. So for people that, you know, that, that big bucket of popcorn becomes like a bucket of popcorn that's half the size, you know. Instead of one cup of pasta, it's like the calories of equivalent of half a cup of pasta. And it's great to think about the fact that, you know, it's like one, one, uh, one object of nature, you know, a white kidney bean is going to inhibit the absorption of, you know, some other plants. So, um, and, and just for folks, you know, to make it real easy, it's available at Walgreens. Uh, there's a brand called Natrol. They've got a purple label, and it's under Carb Intercept is, is the product where people can find it. But, you know, they have it at GNC and Vitamin Shop, and now Nutritionals, there's all kinds of companies that sell it. So, I mean, I think it's an exciting product, and for people that are really trying to cut back and, and want that little extra to help them out, I think that's, you know, one of the safer things that you can do in terms of, you know, trying to cut back your calories. What about just like, you know, these diet pills that they advertise on there, you know, hydroxy kits and... Oh, those are bad. I mean, I'm, like, I haven't seen diet pills really other than that stuff in a really long time. Like, do you remember when we were, we were younger, there used to be oh, so yes. many diet pills on the market. Uh-huh. Dexatrim and all those other things. I was saying to me, like, do you remember that stuff? Like, I remember that. that and it, I tell you, though, the weird thing was is some of those things really worked, but then they found out how dangerous they were. Right, right, yeah. right. You know, and so really it's better, you know, I, I challenge people to look at weight loss in small increments, to so look at health goals in small increments. You know, don't think you're going to lose 50 pounds in, in a month or two. You know, look at losing it over a year or two. Um, look at things in small measurable goals. So if you have 50 pounds to lose, start with five. You know, then go to the next five and then the next five because it's so much easier to manage the small goals. If you don't work out, don't make a goal that I'm going to the CrossFit gym and I'm going seven days a week because you're not going to. And you'll probably go to the CrossFit gym and hurt yourself the first day and you'll never go back. So, you know, start with doing exercise one day a week. You know, how do you feel? Was it good? Could you do that? Could you do it two days a week? And if it's not at the gym like you were talking about hiking, everybody's phones have activity trackers. So I know. making sure I, that you yeah. are getting enough physical activity in during the day, it all counts. Like I don't want people to think they have to change their clothes and get all sweaty and be so achy that they can't move the next day because that's not that's not the reality. Talk to us a little bit about then how this concept of brain weight. Yeah. So the concept of brain weight is uh, that your body has a set point of where it wants to be. So when I counsel patients, I always say to them in in the intake, what's your highest adult body weight, your lowest adult body weight, and where do you tend to stay with without, you know, really trying too hard. Because what happens is, if you've ever, if someone's ever become, like, overweight, your body adapts 
to being at that weight. So what that means is you eventually stop eating a lot of food. Your body just starts hanging out in that space. So when you're losing weight, like a lot of people get frustrated. They'll say, oh, I feel like I hit a plateau. I'm not losing any more weight. That's not a bad thing. A plateau is actually a good thing because when you're at that plateau, that's an opportunity for your body to reset, readjust, and sort of get used to being at this somewhat lower weight, then you change up your eating. Then you change up your exercise. And for some people, it means eating more calories. For some people, it means eating less calories or changing your exercise up in order to sort of bypass where you want to be in terms of your weight goals. So now they you said it in slow increments, the likelihood of you keeping it off is much greater than if you just do it all in one felt swoop. Like if you just dropped 100 pounds, you know, the likelihood is... It seems overwhelming, yeah. That, that you're going to go back, you know, you're going to gain weight because, you know, your body just like got shocked, you know, it's like you just shocked the system. Yeah. You know, I'm hearing a lot of this, um, this number, you know, popping up on morning shows and afternoon shows and things like that. And it was like 80% of our, you know, weight issue is what we eat. 20% is the exercise side of it. Is that something you believe? No, I think it's both. I really do think it's both because, you know, I see people that, do the exercise but don't eat right, and then I see people that eat right but don't do the exercise, and, you know, we were talking about aging gracefully. I mean, you need to maintain muscle mass for so many reasons. One, mm-hmm. to um, to uh, keep your metabolism going. I mean, there's no pill that you're going to take to change your metabolism. Your metabolism is the sum of all your body parts that, that burn calories, and your muscles can't burn a lot of calories. So you need to do that. We need it for activities of daily living, for maintaining um, for maintaining bone density. We need it for range of motion and balance and strength and, you know, so many things that, you know, when we talk about, you know, it being on the decline as we get older muscle mass, I mean, it's, you know, you got to do what you can to fight towards maintaining it. Right, right, because that's going to keep our metabolism up and everything. And I noticed that. It's like probably because I'm doing less of an overall body workout, I'm noticing right. my muscles are much more laxed, Um and, you know, and then I'm kind of like, ooh, ooh, I got to start working on that there. Yeah, it's, you know, and, and I, I agree with you, I think, on that 80-20 rule type of thing. I mean, I'm sure it applies to some degree, but it's it kind of is twofold for me. I can work out and work out, and I then, um, you know, I, I get more of an appetite. So then I feel right. like I'm eating more, and, you know, I'm trying to sustain my body. But if I'm working out, I feel like I'm eating, I'm going to eat healthier, or I'll do it the reverse. I'm going to choose to start eating healthier. And then as I start to feel good, I can increase or start exercise programs because, you know, let's face it, I, I, I don't have a lot of time in my day like a lot of people. I have to find it in right. order to, you know, get out there and be active. And I have to be what, far more prepared to have better foods in my house than, you know, uh, going to the whims of, oh, gosh, I'm hungry. I just have to run through and get something fast. Right. So it's planning and preparation, I think, in either way. But I found that um, if I, you know, if I choose to eat a little bit better, it motivates me to want to be more active. I feel better. Right. I sleep right. better. Right. Yeah. All of that. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, then you don't want to throw out all that good exercise, <laughs> you know, gorging yourself with a bacon double cheeseburger. <laughs> oh, darn it. Really? Okay. So let's talk about that. So, you know, I have these cravings. Um, you know, for the most part, I, I really load up my plate with as many vegetables as I can. I'll do a chicken or a fish or, you know, sometimes a, a, a steak type of thing. Um, but you know, at the, sometimes I just want that chocolate shake. So have it, just have a small one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, then just, just have you know, a small one. You know, I was at a restaurant in Dallas the other night with one of my friends, and, you know, and I, I know she likes chili cheese fries, and I'm like, all right, we're going to get the chili cheese fries, and I got, like, a huge thing of cauliflower. <laughs> right, yeah, on, so then you're kind of ate. balancing it out a little bit. I was know. totally balancing it out. She's like, I don't like the cauliflower. I'm like, great, more for me, you know, bring it on. And, you know, I do that a lot. I just, you know, I, tr- I will have the thing that I want. I mean, like, I love Brussels sprouts. And Mm -hmm. the other day I was at a restaurant, right, and I love when other people make Brussels sprouts because they, you know, in a a professional kitchen, they just just do it so much better than I do at home. They do it so much better, and it doesn't stink up your house. (laughs) That's right. But I had it with bacon and cheese, and you know what? It was okay, and it was good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love that, too. You know, I made um, kale chips the other day. I love kale chips. Because I thought... I'm kind of one of those people where I'm not a big snacker, but when I want a snack, it would be like 
cookies or potato chips, something that's got some crunch to it. That's what I crave is things with crunch. So one more piece of fruit or dried piece of fruit, forget it. It's, it's, you know, I I, I can't do it anymore. So I made kale chips and I'm like thinking, okay, that wasn't so bad. I kind of salted them up just a hair and I put a little garlic powder on them to give them some flavor and I was good. Now, we're going to take a break again here, but when we come back, I want to be able to talk about your book and, you know, and to give us some, you know, some highlights of your book and what else we can do and what's and really seriously, what's that call to action that you would want all my listeners to hear to uh, really get ready for their pre-summer series. So here's how everybody can find me. I've got some, I've got some new social media links going on here. So you can find me on Facebook at beauty inside and out show. Feel free to message me. And uh, if that's how you want to reach me, uh, Twitter account is beauty in and out show. Um, and then Instagram, Beauty Inside and Out. So you can reach me on all of those. I hope you follow me on all of those. I, I, I love being able to talk about beauty, but I also want to make sure that it's about being you in that beauty. So we'll be right back with our guests. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you looking to uncover your authentic self? Looking to improve your communication, selling, or public speaking skills? Discover Naked Audience Productions trainings on public speaking, leadership, sales, and healing. Mastering the art of authentic communications can change your life in many ways. From promotions, to profits, to enhancing any relationship, whether it's business or personal, finding and speaking your naked truth is a beautiful thing. Visit www.napevents.com or call 877-319-2403. That's napevents.com or 877-319-2403. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Beauty Inside and Out with Bonnie Bonadeo. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. That's Bonnie at BonnieBonadeo.com. Now back to Beauty Inside and Out. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Felicia Stoller here. She is my guest today, and she is known as America's health and wellness expert. She's got a, a huge, she's got all those letters following her name, um, far more than I know about them. So, But what's really important is the information that she's sharing with us right now, because she does have all those credentials to be able to help us really understand that if we want that great pre-summer body and we want it to last through winter, spring, fall, um, she's giving us some great tips on how to be able to make the choices that we need to make in order to feel at our best. You know, I come from this place of beauty inside and out. And she talked about how there's a brain weight, um, you know, your highest and lowest point. I loved hearing that because I actually wrote the numbers down, Felicia, in regards to that. I put, you know, um, and I don't know if that span is like over my lifetime at this point, but um, my highest weight was really most recently. And, um, but I found that, that where I'm comfortable is only about five or eight pounds off of that, where right. I think that my body is at its best. And that kind of made me feel good because I didn't feel like the maybe the challenge in front of me is as big or as arduous as, you know, 20 pounds, 25 pounds type of thing. So I kind of set my new little limit here. It's like I'd like eight to 10 pounds. Eight to 10 pounds right. is, a, is, is a good choice for me. Perfect. So uh, let's let's talk about then, you know, the right choices and um, – you know, how do we make those right choices? And then, of course, you know, share with us, too, what's that what's that real advocacy that you share with your clients that, you know, if they do this, they can they then can see the results that they're looking for? Because we talked about it before. We know how to do one thing and yet we don't do it. And why is that? Well, I think I think it's about, you know, setting realistic goals for yourself and making small changes. So, again, like we were talking before about, like, you know, portion control is a big one. Something like drinking water, you know, like start with one glass a day and see if you can do that for five days. And then you can add a second glass of water in, um, you know, when you're going out to eat. I find that's where a lot of times people... Um, 
has the biggest struggle, you know, maybe sharing food with people or instead of ordering an entree, ordering a bunch of side dishes. We like to eat off little plates and try it. I personally like to order a lot of little dishes. This way I can try lots of different flavors instead of being stuck with one thing that maybe I didn't like all the choices. <laughs> and then overeating so, it because it's a plate right. full. Yeah, and I'm good. and I'm a big fan of you know basically taking an oversized plate full of food and cutting it in half and only eating half of it. I'm I'm uh, a big fan of reusing food and that you take that home and eat it again and not dealing mm-hmm. with waste and throwing food out. But think of it as another meal that you can heat and eat. And you know I love that. And if you don't think you're going to eat it, you can freeze it. There's a lot. There's so much to be said for freezing food. And um, I do that. As a matter of fact, the other day, yesterday, I just came home and I know. Sometimes everything starts to look the same in my freezer because I'm bad about, uh, you know, labeling it because I just reuse my containers over and over again. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I don't know what this mysterious food is. And it turned out, like, after I heated it up and thawed it out, it was was acorn squash. And it was cooked, and it had brown sugar and a little bit of soot, and it had some cinnamon and nutmeg in it, and it was yummy. And I was so happy to have that. Well, you're brave. (laughs) Most people would be like, I don't know what this is. I'm throwing it away. (laughs) It's like Russian roulette of food. It's like, okay, what's in this? What's the mysterious container in my freezer? What's it going to give me? Soup, tomato sauce, or you know, is it a marinara that I made, or is it you know something else? Yeah, no, I, I'm a big fan of that too. Like you know, cut the meal in half right away and and don't overindulge. And then right. you know, I'm a big fan of leftovers. Like I like it the next day because you know when I'm working from my home office and then it's like, oh, I have I have dinner from last night. That's lunch today that you know right. I can do. I found that um, if I'm cooking vegetables, um, they heat up nicely the next day. So I. I feel like I'm making better choices. Um, and, you know, and, and some of these s- statistics here that are startling, like Latina women are first ranked to being the most overweight and African-American women, most obese, and that's in the United States. So we do have a weight problem. And so what right. are some of the things that, what are some of the other things that you share with some of your clients um, and uh, to be able to kind of, you know, manage this whole process? Well, I, I'd be kind to yourself. Be careful of getting too much information off the Internet and, you know, really, like, bombarding your brain with too much information. Trying not to make so many rules, you know. I mean, it becomes a little OCD-like if you're, you know, significantly counting calories. I, I like to think about it not in terms of counting calories, but counting different numbers of servings from the food groups. Did you have your grains? Did you have your fruits? Did you have your vegetables? Did you have any dairy? Did you have any protein? If you did, what kind of protein did you have? How much fat are you having? Are you, you know, trying to make sure you get adequate fiber in your diet? I think that's way more important than micro-reading every single food label that's out there because, you know, we can't do that. And even as a dietitian, I find it funny when people look at a food label and they go, like, right to the word sugar and they go to carbohydrates. And they have no idea how many they're supposed to eat in a day, but they're like, wow, there's too many carbs in there. Oh, it has sugar. Well, you know, like breaking news alert, like dairy products, for example, naturally have sugar. It's called lactose. (laughs) And anything from a plant is going to have carbohydrate in it because that's just what it has in it, you know. So people will avoid eating, you know, those better for you foods because they have quote unquote sugar in it and it's not table sugar. And so I just want to, you know, remind people that those are really important nutrients to have, um, in, in, in your, you know, in your diet and listen to your body, you know, eat when you're hungry, stop, you know, be mindful about the food you're eating. I know a lot of people tell me that they inhale their food and I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of chewing and putting your fork down between mouthfuls, you know, some people just really eat very quickly and, um, you know, I know that when my kids were infants, I used to eat very quickly. But when, you know, I don't have to, I don't eat very quickly. <laughs> Sometimes we just have to eat in a rush. But um, but really, it's about being mindful with your food and knowing, you know, not to eat to the point where you're overly full. You know, knowing to stop. Like, knowing how to eyeball what's on a plate. Oh, like another thing, too, when people go to parties, people go to a lot of barbecues over the summer and parties. Uh, plate your food. Don't, like, pick all day long. Like, put everything on one plate. Make a round, try a little taste of everything, a little bite of everything, and then eat what's on your plate and then walk away. You know, mm-hmm. and balance out alcohol over the summer with water and club soda in between your alcoholic beverages. Yeah, so so there is still that balance, you know, like don't yeah. eliminate carbohydrates because, but have the right kind of carbohydrates in our diet. Um, right. And then, you know, also like, like I'm a big fan of this time of year food, you know, uh, spring and summer. 
because, you know, I love the fruits. I love, you know, the vegetables that come out. I think I have a more difficult time in the wintertime when it uh, it's more white foods or flat foods or it's not as exciting, more, not as colorful and not as exciting. Foods. You get more earthy foods, yeah, right? Like you yeah. get more treat, you get tree fruit versus um, melons and berries and you get more like potatoes and squashes than you would get tomatoes and zucchini and... Mm-hmm. Um, and an eggplant, you know, those are more of like our summertime vegetables that we get. So, um, yeah, but, you know, even if you think about what Mother Nature provides us at different times of the year, I mean, I think it's exciting to eat seasonally. This way you don't get bored of anything. Um, and I know that there are a lot of greens and that we can get and baby greens are, are grown um, 12 months of the year in a lot of places. And I've been to places I know that there be, a lot of times they're being grown hydroponically and aeroponically, and that's like unbelievable to me. Um, without happening. the sun. Excuse me? Without the sun? Yeah, they're being done with LED lighting. Yeah, it's fascinating. Wow. And no dirt. And Are they no still as nutritious? They're the same. They're wow, the same. That, that is, that is fascinating. It's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I went to an aeroponics uh, facility in Newark, New Jersey, and they have a 16-day turnover. Every 16 days, they turn over their greens. And it's, it's an amazing process when you think about that. In Newark. In Newark, New <laughs> certainly, Jersey. Certainly in a they're not planting that in the ground. <laughs> yeah, but That's they funny. said, you know, there's no dirt. They don't have to use any kind of pesticides. They don't have to use any herbicides. You know, and the, the challenge is, and they're using 93% less water than you would to grow the same thing in the ground. And literally, wow. in 16 days, you know, they and they are grown in sheets, and then they get sliced, and they get packaged, and like, like the same day, they go to Whole Foods and a few other markets in the area. Wow, that is amazing. I didn't realize that that was because, you know, right now it seems like the big conversation is, you know, pesticides and GMOs and that they're, they're, you know, really providing too much food for us. Yes. Oh, that's That's interesting. That's the future of food. Yeah, I love that. Now, I know one of the things, and this is a big thing, you've already mentioned it a couple times, but I, it is something that I know that, that myself and many other people that I talk to, we don't hydrate enough. Right. You know, we're coming into summertime and I'm in Phoenix. So, I mean, it's start, It's hot. It's getting hot right. now. And I find myself right. drinking more water um, because it's just warmer and I can feel that I'm more dehydrated. But I'm sure right. that I'm not drinking enough. And part of it is, is I'm bored, you know, like uh, water. So, you know, I love the idea of, uh, you know, adding something to the water, you know, some lime or lemon or cucumber or something like that. Just to, you know, right. it's like it's or a different herbs, drink. You know, you can do or herbs, herbs, yeah. herbs and fruits. I mean, that's that's awesome, too. I mean, I have these great water bottles that are infuser bottles where, you know, they have like a little uh, container in the middle where you put the fruit and you put some herbs in there. And then, oh, you, you know, good idea. it doesn't float around and then you can put your, you know, your water in. And, you know, I think that's a, a really cool thing to do. You can make, um, you know, maybe... If people don't mind doing it, you can do even with like a little simple syrup. You can do herb infusions with simple syrup and you can use agave nectar if you want instead of using regular sugar. And you can just, uh, for example, infuse, um, you know, some sweetened water, you know, clearly with, um, you know, mint. I like to do it with mint. You can do rosemary. You can do, um, you know, basil if you want. I mean, there's anything, whatever it is that you like, you can do that. You can infuse it. You can even freeze it into little... um, uh, ice cubes and use that as ice cubes as well. Oh, I love the you idea know, of that. I'm gonna f- I'm gonna find me one of those water bottles because that certainly makes it more interesting to look at, enticing to want to drink, and fun right. to kind of try different infused flavors. Right, right, yeah, right, right. That's really so good. it's yeah. a great way to do that, and and you know do things like use you know use you know watermelon use use uh, cantaloupe and honeydew, you know, throw that in your water, you know, make melon balls. I mean, that's another thing, too. With with melons, you know, people, like, buy it and they leave it on the counter. When I buy it, I cut it up completely. And my kids, I've spoiled them. Like, they don't like to eat it in cubes. They want mom to take the melon baller out and make it pretty. And that's exactly what I do. So but if that's have, what like, you're doing you know, to get them to eat it, then that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And now, we, you know, we do it all the time. And, and you know, I'll give you another great little tip, something that's so delicious to do. I take watermelon and I, watermelon, a little bit of basil and I, and a little like a bocacini, like a little, um, the little, um, fresh mozzarella balls, the little ones. And I pair mm-hmm. them together. Instead of doing tomato and mozzarella, do watermelon and mozzarella. It's <gasps> unbelievable. It's so that yummy. sounds so good. 
I am going to make that. I love that idea. You, I'm telling you, and you do. You put a toothpick in it, and you know, I tell you, you put that out. There will be none left. It tastes. I mean, I love tomatoes, but there is something about the watermelon and the basil with the mozzarella that is amazing. Oh my god! Are you are you drizzling it with anything, or just leaving it nope. as is? Leave it as just is. leaving leave it as is. Oh god! Yeah. Okay, now that sounds really good. I listen. I've loved talking with you, Felicia. I love that you're really kind of guiding us to you know listen to our bodies and and you know make better choices. And it wasn't about a particular diet. And um, you know, I love that you shared these carb blocker things. That that's something that you know, was going to give us a little assistance to be able to get to that place. But what's that real advocacy that you want to share with our listeners right now? You know, I mean, I've got them from all over the globe. So obviously, some of my listeners are much healthy, have much healthier eating habits than we do here in the States. But what's that one thing you want to share? I mean, the one thing I want to say, it's sort of like become my new talking point is that the healthy choice is the easy choice. You just have to make it. Mm, Nice. Yeah. You know, and then tell us where we can find your, uh, is it just the one book that you have or do you have multiple books? Yeah, for right now, I'm so busy. I really need to like lock myself up and have a uh, a writer's retreat. (laughs) Yeah. So how can we find your book, Living Skinny in Fat Jeans? jeans. You can find that at Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. And, um, you know, I'm on all social media. So Felicia Stoller on Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram. I'm everywhere. I really should be starting a blog soon on one of my websites. So I'm hoping to do more of that as well. I think that's fantastic. So I'm going to make sure that I post on my sites um, uh, some of Felicia's information here. And uh, make sure you tag me so I can write Yeah, absolutely. You know, I can, yeah. I'll share it across all my social media. Perfect. Um, so we're glad to have you on the show today. I'd love to have you back because it sounds like there's probably more that we need to talk about, more information, because, you know, we really do. I mean, it's, it is about healthy. And people always say to me all the time, you know, it's like, I don't feel beautiful. And it, and it starts with the inside. Are you eating healthy? Are you taking good care of yourself? Is, are you managing your stress levels? Like all of those are the first questions that have to come up. One change can implement and create that that natural reaction to more changes so that we can live a healthy life. Because, you know, my next two shows that I have coming up following this one here, um, I'm talking with people that are cancer survivors. And, right. you know, they're really powerful about saying, make the changes now so you don't have to go through what I'm going through. Yeah. And the sad thing is there are some people that go through that and they make their sort of like deal with deal with God, you know, that they're going to change things and then they do for like a short period of time and then they don't. And that, you know, I find that to be, for me as a clinician, one of the most challenging things, you know, and sad. Right. Right. And if we know that, you know, there's more and more people that are getting diagnosed with cancer, there's more and more opportunities for us to, you know, die from heart disease and get diabetes because we're not taking good care of ourselves. I want to live the longest life and the most, you know, fantastic life that I can. I want to age with, you know, being vibrant and, and, um, and having good health. Perfect. Good. Well, you've been a wonderful guest, Felicia Stoller. You can find her book uh, at, uh, did, was it on Amazon as well? As it Barnes is on and Noble? Amazon, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, Living Amazon Skinny in Fat Jeans. And I'll post, uh, I'll post um, with Felicia on my, um, my social sites as well. So if you have any questions, you want to find out more about this, please follow me on Beauty Inside and Out Show. On Instagram, Beauty Inside and Out Show. Twitter, Beauty In and Out Show. And I look forward to talking with you all again. Thank you for listening to Beauty Inside and Out. Please join your host, Bonnie Bonadeo, again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.